Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Report. Friday, it's the 28th of June. We're coming to the last day of the month. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Um, Three things we're going to get to today. So we're going to try to speed this up a bit to get to everything. Number one, first and foremost, a cannabis investing theme. I want to share with you some ideas of how we manage risk on our desk and then address um, address a story that was in Bloom, uh, Bloomberg yesterday about the acreage canopy deal and where they're going from here. A subscriber and a listener, you know who you are out there. Thank you so much for sending that um, um, direct message to me to see that Bloomberg article because it just corroborates everything I've been saying and thinking and the research I've been doing and then the CEO of Acreage comes out and talks about it. So we're going to get to that today. Then I want to touch on the China trade dispute, the trade war, the G20, and what it means for the market. I'm hearing a lot of ridiculous speak from a lot of people on CNBC, and I'd like to um, add some sanity to the conversation. And I'm going to wrap up with some thoughts about intraday trading. We have intraday algorithms here, and we trade the big indexes. And we're in a trade right now on the NASDAQ 100. I'm going to show you what we're doing and just give you some thoughts on how we use that. So um, before we get there, a quick reminder, right? This is the Armour Report Algorithmic Risk Management Research. It's a, a um, playlist that I've created for you, our channel on YouTube and a different playlist, all reveal information I use to manage my own personal capital and capital for people I, I, I manage money for. Um, I'm not telling you how to invest. I couldn't possibly do that because I don't know you. I'm just trying to help educate you on the tools in what I call the millennial stock market. After 2008, the world changed a bit, and you got to catch up with it if you want to outperform the equity markets and execute correctly. Um, it's a live trading desk. I'm surrounded by computers. Phones might ring. Bear with me if I have to pick it up. Okay, let's get to cannabis first. Those of you who know me know that the cannabis investment theme really is the most important investment theme for me and my portfolio and for people I manage money for. So we, we manage balanced portfolios. Let's just get that out there. Let's get that right. Okay. If you look at our website, RosenthalCapital.com, I have two um, sections on the homepage designed to help you manage your risk and understand how we build portfolios and manage our portfolios. The first is the risk on risk off monitor. Let's get to that real quick. We have algorithms that monitor the top six indexes that we believe drive the market. The NASDAQ 100, the Dow, the S&P, the small cap index, the IBD 50, and the momentum index. Those six give us direction on the whole market. Okay, so you all know we were aggressively long early June. We've been booking profits when the market was hitting new highs on the excitement last week. We were booking profits. We still have nice exposure. And our biggest non-index positions in our portfolio are the cannabis stocks. They have been really, I think, going back to probably August of last year when Constellation Brands put $4 billion into Canopy. All right, so... It doesn't mean, however, that we're just 
always going along, you know, being strong cannabis. We're, we're not daydreamers. We're not um, uh, buy and holders and, and we just suffer horrific losses in a given month and then hope that the market recovers. We don't run money like that. This is my own personal capital, guys. I worked too hard for it. There's no possible way I'm going to sit through that. So you have to understand that I'm going to incorporate risk management processes to defend my positions during difficult periods in the market. And I don't really talk about that a lot on our cannabis playlist on YouTube. Um, we get caught up in the excitement. I think a lot of times the information flows, the, the fundamental research, and it's all important. But you have to manage your risk or you're never going to make it through this marathon. The investing super cycle in cannabis will last three, five, ten years or longer. But the volatility is fierce at the beginning. And if you don't um, insulate yourself in some way to deal with that volatility, then you won't make it long enough to experience the wild success we're going to have. So here are some of the things that you can do. Number one, if you insist upon buying and holding, if you say the fundamentals of the U.S. cannabis space are so tremendous that I just want to hold these things. I don't want to worry about um, the fact that maybe I sold them and then the next day the federal government changes the law, the stocks are up a couple hundred percent and I don't own them. Okay, I don't think that's going to happen, by the way. But I'm just saying sometimes fear and greed drive decisions. And so people buy a position, don't want to sell it because they're afraid of missing something. Uh, I understand. I get it. I get it. Well, one simple thing you can do then is make sure that you manage your position size. Literally ask yourself, if this asset dropped 50% in a couple of weeks, would I still be able to sleep at night? If the answer is yes, then great. Be my guest. Buy and hold it. Okay, I think over time you'll be successful, even though you'll have to deal with a lot of craziness. Um, the next step is to trade around the core. You've heard me talk about that before. I think we did a show about that last week. So if um, a 5% position on a particular stock is my core that I want to hold long term, I might have... 15% on in that one stock after a big sell-off in the stock. So I'm buying weakness. And when I get a risk-on opportunity, I load up maybe two or three times. Then when it runs for a given month and hits targets, I reduce the position down to 5%, and that's what I'm holding long-term. And so I'm buying weakness, selling strength, and trading around the core. And that creates a cushion during a given month where the market collapses and cannabis stocks drop 50% and my core position goes down, that hurts, but I've already booked profit higher on, you know, a hundred or 200% more of the position size. You follow me? So I can stomach the sell off. And quite frankly, it's kind of exciting to me. I say, great. I booked the profit higher. It's coming back in. I can go put that position back on and I, I manage my risk that way. So that's the second way. And then the third way to do it, I'm going to talk about right now, why I wanted to address this with you, is um, using the ETFs as a hedge 
on the rest of your portfolio. So um, in my opinion, this is just me. I'm not telling you how to invest. You do what you want to do. But for me, the real value in cannabis investments right now is in the U.S. marijuana business. That's where I see real value. And I think that real value is going to be unlocked a lot faster maybe than I've, than I've thought. You know, I've always been investing saying it, 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 at the very least it's going to take three years. I, if it happens sooner, that'll be great. But we're, we're going to be in this for the long haul. We got to, we got to manage our risk and whatnot. But that canopy acreage deal gets more and more interesting every day. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Okay. Cause it changes my thinking on timing, but suffice it to say, if the stock market is going down, most stocks go down, right? So right now the market's up. We're okay. If the investment theme is tired and going through distribution from institutions, they're not selling the U S companies. They're selling the Canadian stocks. So what I might do in my portfolio from time to time is short the ETFs like MJ. Actually, that's the only one I'm using. There's another one out there, YOLO, but MJ is liquid and it's, it's top heavy with a lot of Canadian cannabis companies. And so if I feel that the Canadian stocks have maybe plateaued and there's a lot more value in U.S., but um, on the one hand, I'll just manage the, the size of my portfolio, right? So um, I'm just pulling these numbers out of a hat. But let's pretend 15% of my portfolio would be Canadian cannabis and 15% would be U.S. cannabis for an equal weighting in my portfolio, let's just say. Um, I might drop that Canadian down to 5% or zero and just hold U.S. if I feel there's reason. But sometimes if the market gets crazy enough, but I don't want to be taken out of my core positions, in this case, U.S., I might short MJ as a hedge against it to reduce my overall volatility and exposure, but still have on my core U.S. cannabis companies. Now, why would I do that? Why am I focusing so much on core U.S. cannabis? We have to get to this story that our subscriber sent to me yesterday or today. Story came out yesterday. It just further solidifies the thought process. Those of you who followed this playlist, who follow me on Twitter, hashtag Armor Report, who follow our website, Rosenthal Capital, who subscribe to our free Armor Action Alerts, you guys know that when that canopy acreage deal was announced, I said that's a game changer for this industry. It speeds up the process. Up until that deal was announced, the thought process was big pharma, big tobacco, big alcohol, big anybody – can't get into the U.S. cannabis market because it's illegal, and they have to wait for 
government to make rule changes, which who knows how long that takes, right? That's why I've always thought to myself, it's at least three years out. Then Canopy makes that announcement. They're taking over acreage. Nobody gives it any real value. Look at the stock. Acreage is trading at like a 40% discount to its takeout price on, 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 the, on the trigger event. I know there should be some discount, but 40% seems ridiculous. That was actually 50%, right? We all collected that dividend. So nobody believes the deal yet. What I submit to you right now on this live stream is that there will be a day of reckoning where Wall Street realizes this canopy deal's real. This acreage deal's real. I don't know when that is. I thought it might be when shareholders of acreage got $2.63 a share in dividends put in their account. Not really. I thought it would be that day because that day would mark the reality that Canopy owns acreage. It's done. The trigger event hits. That stock goes up 40% almost overnight. We don't know when that trigger event will be. It could be any moment that the FDA comes out and says, we've reviewed all these cases, and what we're going to do is take cannabis off of Schedule S1 so that universities and research departments all over the country can start using medical marijuana to treat diseases. That's a trigger event, guys. It doesn't even require Congress. But there's like a 50% discount, a 40% discount to the takeout. It's crazy. Okay, so nobody respects the deal yet. Then this story comes out in Bloomberg, where the CEO of Acreage was at a conference in South, uh, San Francisco yesterday. Let me read, let me read this exact quote. I want to get this right, because this quote's important. You can go to my Twitter feed right now, and the, the most recent Armour Report, hashtag Armour Report story, um, I've put up there for you. You can click on it to read this story. Acreage nearing, quote, head-turner acquisitions. Not in the next couple of quarters, but in the next month. The CEO says in the next month, there will be deals, not a deal, deals that could change the scale, quote, quite dramatically over the next month. Deals that will change the scope and scale of acreage dramatically over the next month month. Guys, people still don't believe it. I guess people won't believe it until Canopy and Acreage announce what the deals are. They're going to take over some U.S. marijuana businesses. I don't know what they're going to be. I don't know which companies. In that article, he says they want to really focus on Illinois because now they're all wrecked. Well, if that's true, then you got to look at Cresco. you got to look at Green Thumb. These are two of the biggest players in Illinois. I don't know if he's going to take those companies over. I don't care. The way this works on Wall Street is when the deals are announced, there will be a multiple being paid for expected 2020 revenue. And what all the analysts will do is run back and look at the companies they cover to see, oh, this company is expected to make 500 million in revenue by 2020, and Canopy just paid 
I don't know, 10 times. Let's just pull that number out of a hat. They probably won't pay that high, but it makes the math easy. So all of a sudden, that $500 million, this is a $5 billion business. And the stock's trading under a billion-dollar market cap. Stock has to go up some amount. Probably not as much as I want or I think or I hope, but it's going to go up some amount. You see what I'm saying? Wall Street loves a benchmark. Canopy Acreage are going to announce deals, according to the CEO of Acreage, in the next month that create benchmarks. Could we be horribly disappointed in what the benchmarks are? It's possible. Maybe the benchmark's two times revenue, not 10. And people say, what? The business isn't worth more than that? It's possible. I don't know. But whatever they announce, it's going to value the businesses higher than where they're trading today. If this was a normal market and these stocks were trading on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ, they would not be trading at these valuations. They trade down here because they trade on the Canadian Stock Exchange. Makes it hard to buy. Institutions don't have an interest in buying them. So it's hard to get valuations. So it's hard for me to tell you when the valuation is going to hit. I don't know. But it's going to be a very interesting month of July when we see what Canopy and Acreage are doing. All right, let's move on. What I do to manage the risk is I sometimes use MJ as a hedge so that I can stay. So let's pretend the whole market started to implode in July, yet I don't want to sell some of these U.S. marijuana companies because I don't know if the company's going to be taken over next month or what the valuations will be. All right, well, to defend that part of the portfolio, I might short MJ. All right, here ended the lesson on how to manage your risk in the cannabis space, and please pay attention to risk. Don't get hung out to dry, guys, and get blown out of some positions and then be too afraid to get back in and miss the whole move over the next decade. That's almost the message that I'm trying to, 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 to carry every day on this playlist on YouTube. Manage your risk. All right. Um, China trade. I just have to get my head, my, my hat in the ring on this. I, I hear so many ridiculous comments about what's going to happen. Oh, the market's going to drop 5 or 10% if, if, if Trump slaps more tariffs. Look, I, I don't know what's going to happen day to day. Okay, the market have a nasty sell-off on the news, I guess. Nobody knows the answer. But I'll tell you this. The volatility is crazy. But ever since there's been a trade war, the stock market is now trading at all-time new highs. Right? Or hit new highs a couple weeks last week or whatever, right? Why is that happening? Why should I care? Oh, the market's gonna drop ten percent if we slap more tariffs on China. Really? And that seems to be the prevailing ridiculous wisdom on CNBC. There's more and more trade tariffs, and yet the market keeps going higher and higher. Why is that? Well, it's simple. Tariffs slow down the economy forcing central banks to add liquidity. Okay, so it's actually the reverse of what you're thinking. If there is a trade deal announced, the market pops on the news and probably tops because then the economy starts to heat up and the Fed doesn't have to lower rates. 
if there's more negative rhetoric, the, pro the market probably drops on the news and then trades higher over the next couple months because the Fed keeps adding liquidity and lowering rates. Probably the best scenario is a delay in any more tariffs, a truce while they keep working things out. Then the Fed has to still lower rates because people don't know there's uncertainty, right? And he can Trump can cut a deal closer to the elections, which is probably what's he's gonna, what he's going to do. He wants to cut a deal closer to the elections so the economy can start rolling again, so he can say, look what I did, did with China, blah, blah, blah. We all know that's what's going on. But what drives the stock market is not Trump and China and trade wars. It's central banks adding liquidity. European Central Bank is doing it like crazy, and the Fed here is begrudgingly loosening monetary policy. That's what puts markets up. Okay, so don't care too much about hysteria of what's going to happen this weekend. All right, last piece of uh, information before I have to hop. I want to share with you some a, a day trading idea. People ask me a lot. Um, subscribers have been asking me, do I day trade? Um, I do day trade. I don't just day trade for the sake of day trading, though. I use day trading algorithms that I've written, proprietary algorithms, that help us execute better our bigger investment um, um, process. So I just tweeted out today, just for the fun of it, that we were long um, the NASDAQ 100. Almost at the lows of the day. I'm going to share with you our algorithmic screen so you can see what I'm talking about. Um, okay, guys. Can you see that? That's a chart of the NASDAQ 100 on a 60, um, on a three minute basis. So every bar is three minutes. Okay, right in here, you can see these carrots are the buy signal today. So we are long the NASDAQ 100 from 1012, which is pretty much close to the low of the day. And the market's traded higher ever since then. The reason I build algorithms for the day trading purposes is because it helps me execute. Yes, I have a portfolio set up that automatically trades the NASDAQ 100. And the reason I've done that is because this is the equity curve. Okay, you guys can see the equity curve. So this is how the algorithm behaves over a long period of time going back to 2013. Okay, so going back to 2013, the equity curve is pretty significant. Every green dot is a new uh, high in equity um, in the portfolio. Okay? But I really use this as a means to manage my other investment decisions. Okay? I'm going to stop sharing for a second. We'll go back to um, talking to you. Okay? The equity curve is great. It's true. And I do have capital, personal capital committed just a, that day trading algorithm. All it does, it's automated, right? It's automated, so it just trades um, and executes on its own. Um, 
But I really use this in my portfolio for myself and my clients. Um, the model portfolios we have at Interactive Brokers uses this type of technology and information. All the portfolios do. Because on an intraday basis, we want to buy weakness and sell strength on a particular day. So if I want to accumulate stocks on, let's say, technology companies, I'm going to be patient. And if I get a weakness entry point where the algorithm tells me we're buying NASDAQ 100, that's when I go out there and I put positions on. So it kind of helps me decide when I want to add positions, when I might want to take them off. Right? That algorithm could hit a stock, and that might tell me, you know what, um, I've been wanting to raise cash all day, and now I have a, um, a, a very accurate statistical reading on the fact that risk is at its highest right now. So I best take that action and protect capital. So I use the day trading algorithms really as a way to manage a, an overall portfolio's risk from a long and a short side. Um, or I wouldn't necessarily short, but long and a sell side. So if I'm looking to protect capital and take cash, you know, uh, um, and add cash to a portfolio, I use the algorithms on an intraday basis. And, and, um, and I also use it to help us get long. We might have a whiteboard list of names we want to own. We wait for those type of signals. We have intraday algorithms on the S&P, on the Dow, on the NASDAQ 100. And when we get those risk on entry points intraday, that's how we build positions. I might be building a position in a particular stock over a period of a month, right? So I wait for those opportunities where the statistical probability is at its highest that I'll be rewarded for that entry point, and I add some more to my positions. So that's how I use um, a day trading algorithms for those of you who've been asking me. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, kind of lay out for you chapter and verse on Monday more information about intraday trading and how it can be used and how you can understand it and use it. But there's a, a basic example for you. All right, guys, listen, I appreciate the time you spent with me. I hope you have a great weekend. Um, please subscribe. Please like this if you liked it. Um, share it with other people. That all helps me out for the information I'm providing. If you'll help me grow my subscriber base, I would really appreciate it. Um, and certainly comment. Send me direct messages. I love to talk to subscribers and, and share with you um, thoughts and what your thoughts are. Don't forget to go to our website and subscribe for the free Armor Report action alerts. These will be emails I send to everybody on my subscription list on our website that's a little bit more in-depth than just, you know, discussions that we have on the website itself. So I try to kind of drill down on important days where there's information I want to share with you, and that's what I email. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Take care.